Welcome to Right Around the Road, the creative podcast that helps you get those pesky voices out of your head and onto the page. And remember, it's the journey that matters. Welcome to episode 103 of Right Around the Road. I love saying that. It sounds so impressive uh, for me to have stuck to something for so very, very long. I am really excited to introduce today's episode uh, with Tracy Peterson. Now, she's an old mate of mine and she is now making a full-time living out of her indie publishing. And she's here today to tell us about how to grow grow your email list, uh, network with other writers and all the things she did to go from having a few hundred people on her email list to over 16,000 how she now has 16 published books and she's now taking part in I think it's a million words in a year challenge uh, which I'm tempted to sign up for I'm just not quite sure that I can do a million words in a year but as Tracy points out if I fail and only do half that amount that's still 500,000 words and that's still 10 romance novels I mean how could you resist such a challenge and this is my year of writing which is also my year of writing excellence and I don't think I could churn out 500,000 high quality words um, and not find myself blushing but in other news we have our 30 days to better writing habits uh, sessions happening over on facebook live Uh, if you look at writer on the road on facebook you'll find my daily five minute uh, five minute facebook lives that a group of um, my writers and i are going through the 30 day challenge to set ourselves up some writing habits because when you don't write for a while you tend to get a bit lazy and that's what's happened to me so I decided to to start this 30-day writing habits challenge to try and get myself back on track and as I do I'm sharing what I'm discovering with with my fellow writers so go on, go along uh, it's free at the end of the 30 days I'll put it all out in a little ebook with the links to the little five minute snaps five minutes is plenty long enough to be listening to me before you put your bum in your chair and start writing for yourself because I'm convinced the biggest secret of all is just sitting down and doing the work uh, and our brains will come up with all sorts of reasons not to do it and that's where our framework for narrative writing comes in and that's what I've been talking about for a few weeks now Sam and I wrote this for our young kids we've rewritten it for our adults and it's free on our website www.writerontheroad.com for you to download um, to when you sign up for our newsletter now I don't put out a lot of newsletters so don't feel that you're going to get bombarded but it is on my to-do list that I bombard you more often Uh, so yeah we're up to week two today I talked about Scrivener and I'll be trying to put together a little um, little video to show us why and how and what falls of using Scrivener because I find that it helps me be most productive I can manage all my projects I can manage all my files within my projects and um, because I'm a research junkie I can dump all my research in there and all my trove findings and at the moment I'm in the middle of researching Queensland's rail history don't don't even ask how I got into that Um, but I'm working on the suffragettes I'm working on the early days in Brisbane and going around having a look at some of the historical houses which is keeping me uh, very well entertained but of course not my bum in chair and writing Uh, this year we're we're trying to write full-time here at Rider on the Road and we're trying to see if we can do what Tracy has done in 2017 where she's taken herself from a full-time job to a full-time writer uh, with the income to match it and I think that's really exciting and as she said she's not the only one there are a lot of people that she knows who, who are 
even more successful than her. But the trick is, I'm sorry guys, hate to break it to you, and this is where our writing habits comes in. If you don't write, you'll have nothing to sell, and therefore you can't become a successful indie publisher. All right, I'm going to leave it to Tracy now, and we shall see you again same time next week. Welcome to another episode of Writer on the Road. Today we're travelling down to Melbourne and I'm really, really jealous of this lady because she's writing full-time and making money out of it. I'd like to welcome Tracy Peterson back to the podcast. Welcome, Tracy. Thank you, Mel. How are you? I'm doing very, very well and you're going to teach me and my listeners everything that you know so we can all (laughs) get as rich and infamous as you. It'll be a very short podcast then. <laughs> <laughs> now, everyone, Tracy from, if you don't remember, she's a romance author. Uh, she's an indie published romance author and she has been working her little fingers to the bone over 2017 and she's grown her email list from a few hundred to 16,000. So I've invited Tracy back today to talk to her about how she did that because if we can all have 16,000 people on our download list and we can sell even some of them books, we'll all be rich and we can retire too. Is that how it works, Trace? <laughs> That's a nice summary of things, I guess. <laughs> she's not going to tell us she's going to keep us a secret. Come on, oh, fess up. How does it work? Specifically. Begin at the beginning, go right through the middle, at the other side and to the end, please. How do we grow our email list? Well, I think the number one thing that I did was to make sure that I didn't do it at the start, of course, but I learned very quickly that to do a lot of promos with um, genre-specific groups. So when I did a joint promotion like to build the list, um, the ones that were with sci-fi writers and non-fiction writers and mystery writers didn't get me um, subscribers that around as much as one did with, say, um, 10 other romance writers. So that's probably, I think, one of the biggest things. If you're a mystery writer, do joint promos with other mystery writers. Um, If you write romance, try and stick with a romance group. I don't think it really matters the heat level necessarily, but um, you definitely get readers that like romance in those instances rather than people who just signed up because their sci-fi author sent them a link to a giveaway. Yeah. Now, Tracy and I have both signed up for Nick Stevenson's Your First 10,000 Readers course. The difference between Tracy and I, other than the fact that she's rich and I'm not, is that (laughs) Tracy did the course. Now, Tracy, that was a huge course um, that Nick put out and really a really, really good course. What are some of the basics that he covers for us? Um. It's a while since I looked at the videos, actually, and I have to say I didn't go through the course immediately. I picked at it and watched a video and and went away and did one thing and then came back a few months later, and then I actually sat down properly after a few months and thought, well, I've paid for this thing. Um, The Facebook group attached to it is really great. The authors that are in there are really helpful and a, a nice community, so I sat down and went through each video over, I think, about a week or so. So it's fairly high level. I think it's not um, a step-by-step of how to set up your mailing list or uh, like a step-by-step on MailChimp, which I already knew, so that was not the end of the world. But, yeah, more high-level, do joint promos, how to get traffic, how to set up your website to um, attract 
uh, people to sign up, which I have to admit I haven't followed that one very well because I'm a bit of a DIYer. So um, maybe my page doesn't look quite as pretty as it should, but I like it. yeah, so things like that. And and the joint promos that I started doing came about from somebody sharing in the Facebook group. Um, I'll name drop. It was Love Kissed um, author promotions that I did the first um, joint promo with, and it went for a month. I think it cost me like $20 or something, $25. There was a prize, a big gift card prize, and I think that first one there was about three or 4,000 subscribers joined the list, which had me in shock I was absolutely shocked with that (laughs) um yeah so the course uh, I did go through and and make sure I did it um but it is pretty high level things that maybe I think maybe you know in the back of your mind you should have done them if you've been around the book community at all or you've read a whole heap of ebooks you've seen all those things but that doesn't occur to you to do it for your own books yeah, and you've got to have time, everyone. I, I stand by the fact that there is so much to learn. And even if you're just doing one thing and work your way forward slowly, but to get four to 6,000 subscribers and romance subscribers, um, which is what you want, obviously, is a, is a huge thing to work towards because once you've got a good um, subscriber list, you've got someone to sell your books to directly without having to do anything else. Uh, now, that brings me to the most important thing, writing your books. Now, you were prolific last year. Uh, do you want to share with us um, what Tracy Peterson did last year other than trip around the world on lots of holidays? <laughs> yeah, I did go to Malaysia quite a few times last year. Um, I'm, I should say at the outset I'm pretty lucky. My husband works away, <laughs> which makes me very lucky. I don't have to um, – <laughs> he won't take that the right way, but you know what I mean – don't have to and I have only one child at home who's 16 and he's very self-sufficient he has a job um, almost full-time hours at McDonald's so he goes from school to his job I go and pick him up at night so I don't have little kids around I don't have uh, the distractions of um, what a lot of people have to to deal with and I also have a tiny tiny house so we very specifically got an apartment which has literally two bedrooms, a hallway, and a lounge kitchen. That's it. So there's no lawns, there's no maintenance. It takes me seven minutes or something to vacuum the whole house. I've timed it. <laughs> um, so I don't have a lot of those things that other people, like I don't have a four-bedroom house to keep clean and toys to pick up. So I need to say that at the outset because um, it's easy for people to compare and then get depressed <laughs> or a bit despondent. Um, but I make time to write and I use... I trick myself into doing it. So I like to lie in bed really late. Um, So I get up now in the morning, get dressed, and I take the 16-year-old to school. Like, who takes a 16-year-old to school? I do it on purpose. We're literally a 10-minute drive away. He could catch the train. Uh, But I take him because it means I'm up. I don't come home and go back to bed. I would never do that. But if I didn't take him, it will be 11 o'clock before I um, drag myself out and then I might not start anything until maybe one o'clock if if at all so I tricked myself into getting started and I also use Pomodoro timer um, which is 25 minutes of working five minute break and in the five minute break I get up from the computer and I actually do my housework it's my little secret so that's how I know it takes me five or six minutes to vacuum I'll, I'll put a load of washing on in a break and maybe get a drink then I'll come back and write again um, the next break I'll clean the toilet, <laughs> I come back, it sounds terrible, and the next break I'll hang out that washing that's now finished, 
because all those things only take a couple of minutes. I don't sit at the computer and, and use my break time. I stay well off Facebook. Um, people, my friends actually comment that they can tell when I'm writing because I'm not commenting on every little tiny thing on Facebook, which I do like to do. So that's good. At least someone can tell that I'm being a little bit diligent. Um, but really, um, and I use up all the little minutes. So if I've got uh, 20 minutes before I have to go somewhere, I'll actually open my laptop and write for 15 of those. Um, and if I'm in the car, I, I, I do a lot of driving around picking people up. So I pick him up from work, uh, my son, at 11 o'clock. I drive my husband to work. I pick him up at the end of the week. Sometimes I have to wait there for half an hour or an hour. I always have my Mac with me um, to turn on. I just open it up and just do a bit of writing. So um, I, our washing machine lost its life just before Christmas, flooded the entire hallway of our house. Oh, my God. Um, the laundromat's across the road. So the first day when I discovered that, I went over there and I wrote 1,200 words while the washing machine while the washing was being done. So, yeah, I just try and use up all that little time. Um, I struggle when my husband's home because he can be home for three or four days and I might not see him again for 10 days. So it feels a bit awful to be writing when I should be being a nice wife. <laughs> um, but we have a, a resolution this year that I'm going to get that writing done every day before we go out for lunch or the movies or um the time-wasting stuff that we do when he's home. So, yeah, I'm going to make sure I write my, my two or 3,000 words, get it out of the way. Yeah. Now, you have 16 books out and you have a 3,000-word-a-day uh, goal. And I found out today, Tracy, that you're going to write a million words in 2018. <laughs> Sounds an awful lot, guys, but you've worked out that it's not quite that many after all, is it? No, no. When you break it down, it's actually not that awful. It's 2,740 words a day, um, which sounds totally reasonable, doesn't it? For me, that's maybe three hours of writing tops if I'm um, on the ball. I, I write about 1,200 words an hour usually, 1,200, 1,400, if I know what I'm writing. If, I'm, if I haven't done an outline or I'm um, a bit stuck, I struggle. But, yeah, if I know what I'm going to write, I just pound it out and away we go. But no, not too bad. So we started a Facebook group. Um, there's actually a couple of people doing the same thing with other groups, I think. Um, there's about 29 of us, 25, 28, not many, enough that it's comfortable and we're happy sharing our goals. Um, I was very relaxed in January. I only wrote 30,000, which is what, about 1,000 a day. Um, but back on track now, a couple of the ladies in there wrote um, over 100,000 words and one was very close to 100. So... It's, it's quite amazing that if you can get in the habit of um, doing that each day, it can add up at the end of the year. And the best part is, which I was having a look at just today, I quite like spreadsheets. My old corporate job, I used a lot of spreadsheets and formulas. So I've got a fancy spreadsheet with all these formulas that work out the average for the month, the average for the year, uh, what average you have to do to get to the end. So even if you didn't write anything in January, those people, it's only up to like 2850 or 2900 It hasn't gone up. The daily average hasn't gone up that much for people who haven't started yet. So it's never too late. Even if you started it, let's say you didn't write anything for six months, you still only have to do, what, 5480 or something a day. I could do that if I had. Yeah. <laughs> for six months. 
Now, everybody, you know I've got this little 30-day writing habit challenge going. I'm going to go on tomorrow and say, right, guys, I've upped the ante. We've just got to do a million words in a year. We'd all faint, Trace. It's <laughs> You make it sound so easy. Uh, now, everyone, keep in mind that 100,000 words, that would be a couple of romance novels, uh, and it would certainly be a substantial bigger novel. But how much rewriting do you do? Um, I don't do a lot, I have to say. I I write a pretty clean first draft, um, and I noticed in January, and I think that's why my word count was down a little bit too, I was um, – last year I just sat down and wrote, pounded it out, didn't edit as I went along, didn't muck around with the the rough copy. And this year I've catched myself rereading uh, yesterday's writing before I start which is really nice. I know what's going on. I don't, <laughs> I'm one of those writers that can forget what I wrote yesterday. Um, don't ask me about any of my books because I'm like, oh, did I write that? Is that in my book? I, mm, yeah, that's right. I did. So I, I don't know. It goes in and then it leaves my head. It's gone. I'm going to be really fun at a signing, aren't I, one day when people are like, oh, I love this scene. Oh, oh is that mine? <laughs> and maybe it's because I write fast. I don't know. I have thought about it. It bothers me that I do forget some things. So, yeah, I've been rereading and I think that's slowed me right down. I'm going to stop it for February. I'm, I'm not going to reread. I'm just going to pound out the words again. Like you do in NaNoWriMo, who write the 50,000-word novel in a month, um, and you pound out those words. You don't tend to cultivate them and and make the paragraphs all pretty. And um, But, yeah, I don't do a lot of rewriting. I do have an editing list that I go through that's grown over time. Um, I'm getting better at avoiding those things, so things that came back from the editor early on. Um, like one manuscript I had written at least about 500 times in a 50,000-word thing, and you don't really notice it when you're writing it um, and the pounding out of the words is what can give you a bit of repetition. So I have that on my list. I've, I'll now search for at least my favourite something, nothing, everything thing. They're in there all the time and they don't, they don't add anything to the story. You say, oh, she said something, um, let's go and get something for lunch when you have too many of those. So I'll go through and do a search at the end and find them all and rewrite those little bits. Um, and all the crappy words, next, um, last, difficult, maybe, that. Um, see, I take out seemed, think, all the wishy-washy words, and that makes the writing a lot stronger, I think, too. Um, but then I just send it to the editor, and I love her so much. <laughs> Michaela, I love you so much. Um, <laughs> I just send it to her, and she comes back and says, this is crap, take out this whole thing because I was rewriting some stuff and then she was telling me, oh, you don't need this. It doesn't add to the story. Just take it out. Well, I spent an hour rewriting that. So now I don't do it. I just send it to her and, and she tells me what she thinks. She's really good. I ask her to tear it apart and be very blunt and not save my feelings. Um, so I get, I get back exactly what I need from her, which is great. Um, that's a step up editing. If anyone's interested, <laughs> I know she's fairly, fairly heavily booked, but, um, yeah, I, I definitely rely on her a lot when it comes back. I make the changes. If there's anything on there, I'll rewrite it. Then I'll read it through. I send it to the beaters. Um, sometimes they say they hate something or they like something or something doesn't work. And, but not many rewrites. Even I find myself, it's probably cheating, if something is drastically wrong with the plot, I can literally add a sentence or two to fix it. It doesn't need a month of my time. 
Um, but yeah, my, my first draft is pretty clean. It's not a lot of time spent. Yeah, and it's interesting as I'm listening to you chat and you talk about your editor and you talk about getting those books out, you now are fairly confident in the process but you still have that editor. Now, you're totally indie, aren't you, or do you still use um, some publishers? No, I'm totally indie. Um, some people comment and say, oh, it's not real writing or whatever, or or they get upset because people say that to them. I've never had anyone say that to me. I'm sure they would never speak to me again the last five minutes if they were to say, oh, yeah, it's not real writing. But I've never had the cold shoulder at a, a seminar or a talk. I just haven't experienced that, which is lucky for what other people. What is real writing? I have a... Yeah, what is real writing? Would I, would, are you a real writer if you write two books a year because your publisher takes 18 months to get them out? Like, Or are you a real writer if you write two books a month and don't have to go back to work? I don't know. I know a few published, traditionally published authors who have full-time jobs. So oh. I, I think it's very personal to your book, uh, your audience, uh, how you manage to market it, who ends up finding it and liking it and who tells their friends. Um, it's very different. Although I get... Uh, just as excited when I wander through uh, Target or Kmart and see um, books by authors, not even that I know, but that I know of. I'm like, oh, it's so exciting, there are books in the store. But I don't care if my book's there or not. I just care if it sells on Amazon, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and that's where it comes down to. It's making sales. And I, I'm pretty, I've got this theory that readers don't care who publishes books. I have to actually teach my kids to look and see who publishes the book. If you didn't tell them about that third page where it says, you know, who the publisher is, they wouldn't have a clue. Um, whether it's indie published or traditionally published. What people do pick up on a little bit, I think, is the quality of the work. And I noticed I was reading a Facebook, I was following a Facebook post the other day and they were talking about the Oxford comma. And, of course, being an English teacher, I jumped in and said, yeah, yeah, let's just keep it. And a published author who I've had on the podcast jumped in and said, oh, I don't use any commas at all. I let the editor fix all that up. I don't know why I got published at all. And I went, yeah, darling, neither do I. <laughs> <laughs> first look back at the editor, I I just couldn't believe all the commas. And she doesn't know this, but if she hears this, we had a little uh, meeting of the people who know best, the daughter and my husband, and we were like, look at this, look at this, oh, my God, look at all these commas. The whole manuscript was full of little red commas. And I was absolutely astounded. And I have to admit I took a few of them out and went, no, get up. no, no, we don't need that. But after all of these books now, the 16, 17, whatever books it is, um, they come back and I, now I'm right putting them in. I, I'm putting them in myself. If I read a book where they're left out, I'm like, oh, my goodness, you need your editor to sort this out. But I, I once had a fantasy that I might be an editor. But what was I thinking? Oh, God, I would be a terrible editor. I'm good with the words, but punctuation and... An M dash, I still don't know what an M dash is for. If she puts them in, I just approve it now and trust that she's right because I still don't know what that thing is. <laughs> I don't think Australians have ever seen an M dash, have they? <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's – and you're right, the quality is a big indicator. Um, there's a lot of people uh, – I don't think they're necessarily English as a first language people as well. I think there's a lot of people from other countries putting books out that maybe need a bit more of a polish or – there's also a perception that it's um, get rich quick to post on a book up on Kindle, and it definitely isn't. It needs time and marketing and more books and more books and more books. Um, but 
yeah, there's I've read some awful books. I've I've read some really terrible, terrible books, mostly that were free. I don't think I've really paid for anything terrible. But um I have I do download a lot of free books still from Amazon, although I've tried to cull that. But yeah, I have I have read some terrible things and I understand why the there's a, maybe a perception in some circles, but it's not something that I've as I say, had to deal with firsthand. I see it in Facebook groups. I just scroll by. I don't care. <laughs> not my circus, not my monkeys. Keep going. Just keep going. <laughs> yeah, and choose your fights, everybody. Don't don't get too involved. Yeah, the whole free book thing we'll stay away from because I always get a little bit excited about that particular topic. But it brings us very nicely into – actually, I think it was with you and Joanne Dannon that I had the first brawl, wasn't it, about how we should be paying our authors a couple of cents at least. <laughs> 99, cent, 99 cent leaflets, yeah. Yeah, I think, look, we should – be paying our authors, everybody. Sorry, I've got to do it. Uh, you guys spend, sorry, we spend so much time writing these books, the least the um, reader can give you a couple of dollars for your efforts. Um, and yeah, if you've got yeah. 16,000 people on your on your mailing list and everybody gives you a dollar, there's $16,000. I think that's a fantastic idea, everyone. And a dollar is nothing in the real scheme <laughs> of things anymore. They all gave me two dollars. I could share it with you. Just a dollar a month. That's all we need. Yeah. We wouldn't even have to write any books. <laughs> Actually, Tracy Pedium is now, Peterson is now a sponsor of my podcast and I'm promoting her books for all they're worth and we're going to get rich and we're going to go to, where are we going? Malaysia for a holiday. Um, but if you've got 16 books, that's self-perpetuating because if they buy a couple and they like them, they'll go back and get your backlist. But you talk about a consistent promotion schedule. Now, as soon as I saw the word schedule, I went, eeks. Um, what's your, what yeah. is your promotion schedule and how are you consistent with it? I'm not good with the promotion schedule. It's definitely a way I, a place I need to improve. I'm good at taking action. So, um, again, my good pals at Love Kissed have um, really been the difference, I think, in finding readers. Their, their reader base is um, romance, obviously, and they love romance. So they will buy books that aren't 99 cents. They'll buy a $2.99 book and they'll leave a, a lot of reviews as well if you use them as a promo service. Um, I actually loved them so much. It's like an ad from TV. I love them so much I bought the company. I actually started Love Kissed Cozies to promote Cozy Mysteries, so I've got a separate spin-off business um, because I saw the benefits and how how well they were doing with um, focusing only on romance. So, um, yeah, I started that up myself and I do that um, every day. We send out a newsletter, do all the bits and pieces, run promotions, and it's going really well. Authors are are really getting some good results from that, which is good, has reinforced that genre-specific is the way to go with those things. But um, basically I keep a spreadsheet at the start of the month or uh, when Love Kiss start to put up all their promos, I go through and join up all the ones I want to join in. So I usually go in a free-for-all, good old free books, <laughs> um, once a month. Um, a couple of times a year there's a list-building uh, promo. There's one that's just started that goes for about a month. Um, there's pre-order promotions, all kinds of different things. So I pick the ones that I want to go in, sign up for those, and then I will slot in other things. Basically, I'm trying to make sure that there's something going on every week. Um, and I learned that at the 20 Books to 50K conference in Vegas last year in November. Um, I think it was maybe Michael Cooper gave a talk and he said he has something going every week, whether it's a 99-cent sale free book, um, a bundle, a giveaway, a competition, 
something, there's always something happening. And that makes it a little bit easier to schedule, I think, because the Love Kiss bits fill in probably two of those weeks. Um, and I use lots of other promo services. I only use romance ones now. So um, I have a handful of those that I'll book in. And the other thing that was a bit of a revelation December, January, is that I wasn't doing any promotion unless it was a, a promotion. So if Love Kiss were having a 99-cent sale, I'd choose a book and drop it down and join in the sale. But if they weren't doing something, I'd just tootle along. So the, the only time I used Robin Reads or um, ENT or any of those book promotion sites was when I had a promotion going. So I'm going to try this year to remember to put my books in um, at least once a month, have something else going in um, as a, maybe a full price promo or whatever. Because part of it is people seeing your cover and seeing your name. It's not necessary that they're ready to buy right now, but um, I think they used to say there was like seven touches. People need to see an email, see your cover, see a promo type thing seven times before they might purchase something new. And I think I heard something the other day that it's changed now to 10 because the world is so frenetic. <laughs> Um, and people forget they move on as quick as they click on something if it doesn't load up off they go to the next thing so yeah so that's this year a little bit more focus on getting my name out there um which sounds really easy in just one sentence but it's not there's a lot of romance writers i think i said that to you before we started recording um i'll go into promo and 90 percent of the people i've never heard of or um sign up for a book signing and yeah I don't know I'm like I don't even know who these people are I'm not even friends with them in any groups it's there's just so many so you really have to work at it and um it's not it's not get rich quick sadly to stick with internet marketing or something else if you want to <laughs> make have money. you have you tried um the Facebook ads I've heard that sometimes they don't work as well as as they once were yeah I I did try last year um Again, I was in Mark Dawson's Facebook ads course and I haven't been as diligent with that course because it's very detailed. Um, I think all the information I need is there, but I just haven't been able to. <clears throat> There's a lot of videos. I haven't been able to give it the time that I needed to do and I had been focusing on Amazon ads. Um, but I've dipped my toe in the water with Facebook. I, I don't like things where you can't see um, or measure the return and I've you can't use affiliate links or anything in those Facebook ads. So you just have to assume that if you've got new sales, it came for that, which is really hard when you're running promotions every week and you're doing Amazon ads. How do you know? Unless it bumps up your sales by double, there's really no way to tell. So I did end up turning them off <clears throat> and I have um, another bit of it. I know how to set them up. I know the best image to use. I've read all the books. I've, I've heard, I follow all the things in the groups, but, I just haven't been able to quite get the results from that. But I do have someone on my list I'm going to um, annoy and say, please, will you help me? Please, please, please. <laughs> um, because I don't think I'm missing much information. I think I'm just missing a little tiny bit of how to tweak it to make it better. So, yeah, I can get it up. I can spend the money. <laughs> Got that part organised. Yeah. Um, so at what stage do you take the leap? Because you were working full-time and riding in McDonald's on the way to and from work to avoid the traffic I read. And I thought, wow, that's a good idea. And don't go home and cook dinner. That's a silly idea. Um, but now you're at home full-time. At what point did you go, yes, I'm ready? 
Um, probably earlier than I should have. <laughs> um, so my job at the time was um, I was working full-time as a warehouse manager for a paint company. I'd worked for them for seven years. I left to go overseas for a year, um, tried to take a leave of absence, but they weren't in a position to give me that, so I resigned, um, took whatever long service I had owing, took the kids and husband away for a whole year. Um, then we came back for a year, did some odd jobs, casual things, did a lot of freelance writing and then in 2014 we went to Malaysia for the year with just our youngest um, and when I came back I moved to Melbourne because I did live in Brisbane um, and they there was a job opening in Melbourne with the same company with for a job that I'd already done I was like <laughs> okay so that was um that was good I came back on a trial made sure that I fit in with everybody and and away we went so I was doing that full-time it was a fair distance away from here a 45 minute drive each way um, I really, really enjoyed that job and I really loved the people that I worked with. I had um, 10 really great guys in the warehouse and I actually quite miss them. I miss the interaction with people. Um, so, But I'd put out my first book, um, made $80 my first month, was very excited, and I'm like, okay, so I just need 100 of these. <laughs> That's all I need. 100 books make me $80 and I have got loads of cash. So I'm a bit – I like numbers and I like formulas and that's what I thought. It's just a numbers game. So then I um, had written the second one and that came out – first one came out in March, second one came out in May, I think. And in March I went overseas with some of the girls from work. So the company had had a big shift um, from the time that I started, a lot of redundancies, and all the people I came back to work with basically were now gone. But I was really good friends with them from my seven years, so we could go on holiday together finally because we used to back up for each other's jobs, but now they weren't working there. So we had a week in Fiji, and I said to the girls, all right, when I go home, I'm done. I'm quitting. And they were like, no, no. I said, no, I'm telling you so that you don't let me back out because I'm going to be a writer. That's it. <laughs> going to write romance. It's all going to be uh, bells and whistles. I'm good. So I came home and I did last four days and then I sent my resignation through. But I had two books out, maybe three. Um, I took and I gave two months' notice. So that was March. I finished up in May, May the 20th was my last day. And then the next week I went to Malaysia on my own. We had a, we were still renting a house there at the time. We still had a lease that we were committed to pay. So I went over for a week and I wrote um, the giveaway book, The Magnet, that Nick had uh, recommended in his course um, I ran a competition to see how many words I might write so that people could keep me on track <laughs> um, and that was ended up being a 25,000 word book and so in a week I had that I came back and I'd already bought a cover and put that out um, so I was all set then to start um, having people sign up and getting something in return for their email address um, but yeah but I also had a big fat bonus so I didn't we had a little bit of savings um, and it was a six-figure job. It was really, really great money um, for something that I really liked. But with the changes in management, I just – it wasn't as fun anymore. The fun had gone out. And all my mates were gone. <laughs> I, I had a little bit of um, a shift, a mental shift too, after the time away travelling, full year overseas. Um, things that used to be important weren't quite as important to me anymore. So I don't go shopping anymore. I hate shopping. I don't own any clothes. Like tomorrow I'm going to a video um, course 
and I've been looking at the photos, the group photos she takes, and they're all dressed a little bit fancy. I'm like, I don't have anything to wear. What am I going to wear? Oh, my God. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't shop. I don't buy things. Um, the house is not full of little knicky-knacky things. I just don't even go there, thank goodness. Um, so, yeah, there were some changes um, for me when I returned. I wasn't quite the same as when I went. Um, but with the bonus, which was thousands, um, I had a bit of time up my sleeve and I had time to write those other books. Um, my first really decent year of income was January 2017. So it still took, I finished 20th of May, it still took six, seven months before I had a four-figure month. That was exciting, I can tell you. <laughs> I've never refreshed my sales figures 800 times a day <laughs> before or since. But, um, yeah, no, it took a while. It, it wasn't, it certainly wasn't quickly. So you had your first four-figure month in April last year? Uh, January last year. So, and everybody, I want you to pay attention to this. Tracy and I were in a boxed set promotion together prior to that. I never even finished my book and published seven chapters of rubbish. This woman has gone to a full-time author. I still have that seven chapters sitting on draft to digital and they keep saying, are you ever going to finish this thing because it can't sit on pre-order forever? And here you are, written 16 books and have a full-time income. If, it, if that doesn't tell you anything, anyone, everyone, you, you can do it. I can do it. I could have done it if I'd just stuck with Tracy. It's got to be, there's got to be a message in there, Tracy. How do I finish my final three chapters? <laughs> You've just got to knuckle down and do it. I think Nike's little, what's their catch cry? Just do it. Just do it's it. It's popular for a reason because you can just do it. Break yeah, it up into yeah. little bits. Do one chapter a month or something, but just finish it. I could have done two, 200 words or 50 words a day and still had it finished in the time. Still had it finished. 16 and that's books. that's about the million word challenge and that's what we've said to everyone. If you don't make a million words, if you only make 700,000 words or 500,000 words, you've still got 500,000 words. That could be 12 books. That's mm. it's an amazing achievement. Maybe you don't meet, meet your goal, but if you only aim for 100,000 and you don't meet your goal, then you're a long way off. I think a million um, word challenge, everybody, 16 or 15 or 14 books in a year in 2017, and you are now a full-time independent author travelling the world if and when you want, there's <laughs> got to be a message. And everybody said that there's been a downturn in indie publishing. People aren't buying e-books. They're going back to print books. I interview people on this podcast every week and I hear all sorts of uh, stories. And here you are just quietly plugging away at your 3,000 words a day. What what do you say to people who say, oh, no, indie publishers don't make any money? Well, I say rude words to them usually, which I will not repeat on your um, sometimes family-friendly podcast. <laughs> no, I look, I'm a member of the – there's an awesome Facebook group called 20 Books to 50K, and everybody should join it if they're serious about writing a decent number of books every year. Um, but that group is really – about knuckling down writing and making money. So, um, and they've really helped me. A lot of the conference that I went to last year was theirs. And man, I've never been to a more positive um, conference with an amazing vibe with people that, I mean, I knew about four people there from Facebook, um, but people would just come up to you and 
and start talking and and they were cheery and there was so much information being spread and and networking and stuff it was really great so yeah I think I know enough people making really great money um in in indie publishing to discount anyone who says there isn't money in that and I also um somebody you should have on your podcast who's really lovely is Jamie Albright um she's totally gorgeous from Texas we love her and she her very first book came out in April last year and it was called Running from a Rockstar it's hilarious very very funny actually my favorite book I think of the year um so she put that out in April but immediately she had like rankings of 2,000 3,000 on the store and they stayed all year they're still there if you go there now uh, I think I looked yesterday she was like 2,900 or something and she's written a second book um in the series but she didn't put that book out the next month. That second book came out, I'm going to guess, maybe September, October. It was already out when we went to the conference in November. And, again, it's got similar rankings. So she's got two books, and she shared there that she made, I think, $24,000 with two books from April to December. I might be a bit dodgy on the details. but um, So it doesn't have to be – you don't have to put out a book a month if um, – as long as your book is great and you do the right things and you'd have to talk to her about what those things are. I know she's pretty, um, she shares quite freely, but we don't have to have a book a month to make decent money from indie publishing. So, um, yeah, I, I don't have any time for people who say, Oh, it's dead. There's no money. I think there's a lot of people joining thinking they'll make money quickly, thousands of dollars a month. And I also see a lot of people giving up that have maybe tried for a year or two and, and haven't had the success that they're after. Um, but that's in anything. Not not every doctor stays a doctor. Some of them burn out and quit or decide that that's, they made a terrible mistake. Their parents wanted them to be a doctor and they didn't, so they quit. Um, we all leave jobs. We all change. Um, I know I've had plenty. I, was, I started working as a receptionist. Then I was a sales coordinator and, and I moved on to warehouse management and things. So... I don't think writing's any different. If you've had enough or decide it's not for you, you just go on to something else. But definitely there is really great money to be made in, in indie publishing if you have a great book, make sure you have a great cover, work on your blurbs um, and make sure that you share your book out into the world. Yeah, and it would be really interesting, Tracy, to speak with uh, Jamie and find out what promotion she put behind that because there is a – there is – I – I even thought that you had to spend all this money on Facebook and you have to do all these fancy funnel things and you have to do all these things. But I actually don't think that's the case. I'm hearing more and more, and I think it's Nick Stevenson who says in his um, 10,000-word email group, uh, keep it simple. Do, yeah. Keep your publicity simple. Yeah, I think um, a, a constant stream of little baby steps is a lot better than a big, blast and then nothing for six months so yeah if you if you plan out your promo plan out plan out your writing um try and stick to it as best you can it make we make it sound easy and as though we do that do it every day but there's days where i don't write there's days where i don't take the kid to school and i do stay in bed till 11 o'clock <laughs> certainly when my husband's home all of my good intentions go out the window i really struggle we haven't found that balance yet we actually planning in 2020 um Jono will be finished school and he has obviously his own plans. He'll be 18. So we plan to buy um, 
caravan or a motorhome or something and go bush for the year. Um, and we're already talking about how is this going to work? How am I going to get writing done? I, I can do promotions with him here. I do the cosy mystery business or business stuff. No problem. Check the emails, 10 billion of them. Um, all the busy work is no trouble with him around. Well, you can watch TV and do that. I don't watch TV when he's not home. I don't do a lot of – there's not a lot to distract me. Um, but when he's here, yeah, I want to go to the movies and we want to have lunch and do all those things that we shouldn't be doing. So we're going to have to really look at how that we're going to manage that once we're um, out on the road because it's going to be much more fun to go fishing than it will be to uh, write 3,000 words. <laughs> yeah. I've got to, I've, I, I can tell you how you'll do it. And it's it's there's a really simple solution. It's called dragon dictation. <laughs> yes, I don't I don't like to dictate with people around to hear me though, so I'm not sure how that would work. I'd have to send him out bush, and he's a bit of a clumsy husband. We have a joke that have you always been this clumsy? He's banned from climbing on the roof, and he's fallen off a few times, and he fell out of the truck one time and um, hurt himself really badly. He had months off work. <laughs> So, yeah, I'm not sure I'd send him into the outback. He's from Denmark, so he doesn't like things rustling in the bushes either that might kill him. <laughs> oh, look, the outback's really good. It's got this wonderful breed of snake called the fierce snake, and it's the most deadly snake in the world. It's absolutely fantastic. And I used to go out around Cloncurry all through the dry riverbeds with um, my dog, and that's I used to I used to call all my writing used to be called Hope and Despair, and it was <laughs> I hope I get out of here one day and I'm despair because I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I kind of said, look, we really could go around Europe for a year. Maybe there'd be a lot more inspiration in Europe than there might be in, uh, you know, Cooper Peavy, but <laughs> no. So the first year, that's our plan, but we'll see how we go. So I, I don't want anyone listening to think that every day is easy and I just write my words and eat my lunch and clean the toilet in the breaks and go get my kid from school and have an early night because that's not how it is. It's... Um, some days I'm up till three or four in the morning because I haven't written my words and I refuse to go to bed until they're finished. Yeah, <laughs> and, then, and that secret is, everybody, it's that bum on seats, isn't it? You've got to sit there, you've got to do the work, not go to bed till your 3,000 words is done for the day. Yes. But I've picked up on something, and I'll, I'll let you go soon because I know we've been chatting. Uh, one of the things that I've picked up on is that romance novels will always do well, but they can be sweet romances. Like, I know you write erotica as well, but we talked earlier that it was your rom-coms, rom do they call them, that were actually doing yeah. that? Yeah, the romantic comedy is the one that, that took off and, and started those four-figure months. Um, so originally I was writing fairly clean, like you knew that they did the business, but it wasn't on the page, so... Um, they'd go up the stairs and then it would be the next day in the next chapter. So, And I really I really quite like those. I really like to read those stories too. I, I like to, it to be about the characters and the story. Um, so I started writing those and I was writing a little bit of mystery and twisty stuff in there too because that's kind of what I was reading at the time. Um, and then I, yeah, was happily... Happily too long. I couldn't stick with one series. I was jumping all over the place, and that's something else I'll do this year is finish the damn series that I started because nobody wants to read up to book three and not have book four. Or in one of them, I have book three and five and not four. Like, that's ridiculous. If the manuscript got eaten and it's never quite come back, the computer killed it when it was finished and it broke my heart. So I have to rewrite that one. Um, but what was I talking about? Getting a oh, clean, clean. Yeah, clean. So, yeah. and those were doing okay. And then the rom-con, um, 
one I I just had this idea out of nowhere. Probably I involved my readers as well. I ran a competition for them to write in their worst dating disasters or um, bad dating stories they could think of. And I'd planned the reward was um, to have a character named after them in the book. And I don't usually have many characters in my book. This That first book, Married This Year, has so many characters because there were like 17 winners. I couldn't part with any of these hilarious stories. They were so funny. So I managed to cram them all in, the crowbar, into this story. Um, and people have come back and said, oh, my God, this is like a movie. This should be a movie. It would be so funny. So, yeah, that book has made like eight or $9,000, the one book. Um, it's only been out about a year. And then, of course, I went, all right, people like this. I wrote book two and book three and book four. Um, there's a spin-off, book five. Um, book six will be the last one, probably come out in April. But it's been different different couples in each story, but it's also followed along a little bit <clears throat> of the all the friends and, and the people, um, new things happen to them. But it's been super popular. And then I started another series, of course, because that's what I do, um, which is quite short. They're 25,000 words. And those ones are quite steamy. There's, oh, not quite steamy. Maybe they're a little bit, they're a little bit steamy. I wouldn't go quite steamy. Um, and people have really liked them as well. And when I've done uh, surveys to the reader group, I've got another one that's going out next week, the new survey. People have come back and said they wanted steamier reads. <clears throat> so I've kind of, I think I'll end up with two streams, one that, that gives them a little bit of that um, and the other one that's still about the story. Yeah. It's yeah. my voice from talking. Um, but I have the new the new series that I'm going to write once I've been good and finished all these ones um, <clears throat> will be romantic comedy as well. I've got a, I've got a grand plan to make that hilariously funny because um, I do like to laugh. I like comedies on TV. Um, rom-coms are one of my favourite types of movies. So <clears throat> I think um, there definitely seems to be a market for that. And, and Jamie Albright is a good example of that. Her Both her books are romantic comedies. So, um, yeah, I just have to get away from the Manchester on the cover because it's not really a romantic comedy cover, but I can't part with them. <laughs> <laughs> she loves her Manchester. She's given up her I really do. I really like the hours that you have to spend trailing through um, stock photo sites to find those man covers as well. It's, I tell my husband it's, uh, yeah, research. <laughs> Yeah. Now I'm going to let you go, but I wanted to talk to you briefly about your new podcast that's coming up. Now, everyone, this one's really, really exciting. We'll have to have Trace back just to tell us how she goes with this one. Uh, Tracy Peterson's very own podcast. Do you have a name for it yet? I think it's going to be called Reader Love, I think. Um, I've organised someone to make me a logo because that's what you need when you have a podcast, isn't it? A logo. That's I have got a logo. I'm logoless. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I think it's going to be called Reader Love, and I just want to interview uh, readers. Probably start with romance readers. Maybe we'll move to cosy mystery because they're kind of a similar genre. The, the clean romance readers like cosies. Um, but yeah, I I want to talk to readers. There's lots of um, podcasts where we talk to authors and all the services that are around for authors. And yours is a good one. We there's lots of authors come on your podcast and it's so interesting from an author perspective to hear what people say but I think we also run the risk of saying oh readers really love it when you do xyz readers love Manchester covers or they don't love or their readers are sick of Manchester covers well how about we ask the readers what they think 
I'd, I'd like to know. I didn't, I didn't realise when I started writing romance that, that romance readers were so into the books. I don't know how I missed that, but there's reader clubs. They share photos. They tell their friends. They'll come out and promote for you. They'll share all your graphics. We've got advanced reader teams that for nothing more than um, getting the book for free will happily um, read and give you honest reviews. Um, they go to a lot of trouble and they love giveaways, I'm sure, and to receive free things. But I'd really like to hear from them and know, okay, what's your favourite trope in a book? Not the one that we think it is because that's the one that sold the most of our books, but what, which ones do you love? Which ones do you hate? Um, not, I don't, not from a negative point of view. Um, there is a podcast I've been listening to and she loves to tell you which book she hates. And I'm like, oh, no, that's a bit mean. And all the reasons why it was the worst book she ever read. Oh. <laughs> I don't think that needs to, to really go. But I wouldn't mind knowing that if you really don't like secret baby books, why why don't you like them? What is it about them that you choose not to read? Um, but, yeah, I think we could have some fun with some with readers. Um, I know I've had some people – I sent a survey a year ago. I generally take action, but this one's taken me a while because I'm a bit scared of the podcast, the technology of it. Um, but, yeah, I did ask and people happily put their hands up. So I think maybe 30-minute sessions of what they're reading at the moment and what they love best. And I'm sure nobody will even mention my book, <laughs> which will be hilarious. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to a course tomorrow which is video-based – I've got a new headset. I've done all the research on podcasts, so it's not far away. I, I think a couple of weeks I can start doing the first interviews. But I'm looking forward to that. And I'm also going to start a new reader group on Facebook um, because pages aren't getting that much interaction at the moment. And I want to be able to interact, which is why I'm going to the video course. I want to be able to do Facebook Live and um, have them ask questions and things because, yeah, I really – it's the part I really enjoy. I love getting emails from readers. It's – it's a really fun part of writing. If you could just write and have interaction with readers and not do all the other stuff, it'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm looking at that as well. Uh, look, Tracy, when you get a few podcasts under your belt, I'd love to get you back on and we'll talk about readers. Um, I could get readers on, but that's too scary. Uh, I would, <laughs> I'll get you on to tell me what they like because I'm sure a lot of my listeners would be very curious to hear those conversations as well. And everyone, what excites me is we've got Pam out there. She's running her podcast for women, women for women or something for women. Uh, and now we've got you as well. I hope our podcasting community grows so that we have this big circle really promoting Aussie writers and um, other writers as well, like our New Zealand friends and things like that as well. But to see us getting word out is is really, really exciting. And I think having someone like you with all your energy um, behind it, I think it'll make a huge difference. So all the best. Um, we talked about you being a full-time author now. Have you hit six figures for your annual or did you hit it in 2017 <laughs> or is that 2018? Funny. That would be... Um... Look, honestly, I'd be – my goal is six figures, of course. And the other great thing is that we earn in US dollars and once you convert it into Australian, it goes up a bit, which is quite nice. So I'm probably the only person who doesn't get upset when the dollar drops. I'm like, yes, right before Amazon payment day. Thank you. I'll have that extra money. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but I have to pay the editor. <laughs> so it goes the other way too. So it's um, a bit of a problem. But uh, no, definitely not six figures, not, not getting on to six figures. But it would be nice. I have – uh, plans and goals and and things written up on how it would look if I were to make six figures um, but yeah I'm 
this year, maybe next year. I'll, I'll come pretty close, I reckon, this year. Yeah, and especially with that million words coming up as well. We'll get you back on the podcast. Now, remember, everyone, the golden rule that um, Trace has shared with us this time is take baby steps, take action, actually do it. I will finish the final three chapters on that novel that you edited for me how long ago. I think you put a few commas in too, if I remember correctly. Probably. Well, we know where that came from. We can blame Michaela for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd learned about commas by then. <laughs> yeah, and M dashes or M whatever they are. Yeah, Everybody, yeah. look, you heard it here first. Um, indie publishing hasn't died. Um, Tracy is here to tell us. We'll certainly chase up Jamie Albright. So if you're listening, Jamie, we'd love to talk to you as well. I think doing that well with two books is just amazing. It's and to amazing. Hear, yeah, really to hear success stories and to travel around the world, I think, I think it's great. Thank you for um, joining us where can we find you oh usual places tracypetterson.com i have started blogging again in the last few weeks so there'll be lots of juicy stuff going up there um my facebook page all of those are just my name so tracy Pedersen is my facebook page tracy l Pedersen, i think on twitter but um yeah i'm lurking um and there will be a new group so if you uh like my facebook page or keep an eye on the blog um you'll know everybody can tell when the the reader group starts up and those podcasts start happening because that needs to happen. I just haven't started the group because I need a name. Tracy's Terrors just doesn't do it for me. I don't well, need something funny. <laughs> you need a competition. We, everyone, we I have know, to have a competition. I know. That's exactly what I'm going to do is have a competition. I love competition. I've been crocheting this year and I've got all these things that I've made that I'm going to use as prizes, scarves and blankets and things. Um, so, yeah, everyone said they would be quite into those. So It's um, Tracy's I- Army. Tracy's army of crochet kids. Oh, the mind boggles. This sounds so old when I'm crocheting, but I have to put that in my schedule because otherwise I want to crochet all day and do no writing. So. And she wonders why she's got getting RSI, everyone. Um, yeah. All right, well, that's it from Rider on the Road for another week. Uh, and thank you very much. We'll talk to you all again next week, everybody, with someone, I guess, who I don't know who we're talking to next week. Trace, who are we talking to? Mm. What, the Easter Bunny? <laughs> I don't know. Who have you got next week? Yeah, he'll do. Of course, right. buns are in the shop, so it's surely getting close. <laughs> yeah, and we could have put this podcast out on January 1 and said that. Okay, it's bye from now from Rider on the Road and Tracy Crochet Peterson. <laughs> bye.